so last year in 2019 i climbed everest for the second time and this time i did it without eating or wearing animals and that is what the qualification that i set for myself tnl audio stories presents travel for tomorrow a podcast series where we unearth secrets into sustainably trotting around the globe and i am japleen for travel and leisure india taking you on this journey we have grown up reading stories about the mighty mount everest and the people who dare to summit the highest mountain in the world what if i told you that kuntal joshier not only reached that height twice but the second time he did it as a complete vegan right down to his clothes kuntal joshier a mumbai boy grew up to be a software engineer professionally but his passion drives him to climb peaks after peaks power packed with tales of adventure and responsible trekking here's what happened back in april 2015 at the everest base camp uh, it was snowing heavily so we decided that we didn't want to go further up the mountain so we'll come down so we all came down and uh, because it was snowing it was going to be cloudy and it was going to be foggy everywhere so even at the base camp it was quite foggy and we couldn't really see anything low cloud means that it's also a little warm so i was like in a t-shirt and like a nice trouser wearing chappals and everything I just hanging out at the base camp and we were all i think in the dining tent at that point and i mean it's our uh, food tent uh, and uh, i think that's when the earthquake hit and i think initially it was just like okay like slow shaking and then the shaking increased dramatically so we were like all standing looking around and even like sort of in some way weird way joking that what if the uh, glacier opens up and we all get swallowed in earthquake ended and that earthquake was so huge that it ended up inducing an avalanche on a mountain called pomori and when the avalanche came it's basically we had no like we had heard the like huge boom of the avalanche but we really could not see the avalanche itself because of the low cloud otherwise like if an avalanche is coming from some mountain you can right away see hey, this is an avalanche coming and you can maybe take some evasive action but here we had no clue what was coming our way and uh, like the sound was coming from everest so our eyes were towards everest we were looking towards everest but we had no idea what was happening and in that moment there were these people in front of me who were looking towards everest and they all started running towards everest and so i'm standing here and thinking if the danger is everest why would someone run towards the danger it absolutely does not make any sense and that's when i realized something's wrong and i turned around and i was faced with this gigantic avalanche in that moment i didn't think that i was going to die i was actually very certain that i was going to die because the avalanche was like what 3 seconds away from us and it was not like small localized avalanche that i could have run on the left or on the right and like hidden somewhere that was not a possibility the avalanche was everywhere so i think it was a sheer luck uh, that we survived that uh, afternoon and uh, i don't know what to say i think it was every moment that i have lived after that day after that moment has been a rebirth has been a bonus whatever anyone wants to call it but i had resigned to the fact that i was dead and so to be alive and to be able to live my life to be able to live my dreams i think i'm just grateful for that did you all get goosebumps hearing that cuz i sure did 
Kuntal studied to become a software engineer and has a regular job to pay his bills or rather help him fund his dreams of achieving greater heights. It wasn't a part of the plan for him, but sometimes life works out magically. I think if someone would have come and told me in 2008 or 2009 that I was going to give up my career or really really good career where i was making a lot of money uh, and that i would have gone and i would have climbed mount everest i think i would have told that person man what kind of drugs are you doing it was it started off by the dream my dream of climbing everest uh, if there was no dream if there was no vision this journey would have never started so it was taking that first step which was very important and after that i think it was a lot of discipline and consistency over a period of many years and discipline and consistency not around just physical fitness training but even around uh, my nutrition even around uh, choosing which mountains are i'm going to climb and uh, building that experience building that skill so it's not just hey i became a physical fitness superman and i went and i climbed everest no it was like an overall package i had to pick one thing it has to be discipline and consistency uh, that i kept over a period of many years i think it's the dream the the work for the dream truly started in october of 2010 and now i'm in 2020 and the work still continues plant based diet is a lifestyle change that many are welcoming across the world now and also believe that it is the need of the hour kuntal leads by example in this cause he wants others to make this switch too showing that veganism gives you just as much nutrition and strength breaking all norms associated with it he went vegan back in 2002 this was primarily for animal rights as a vegetarian i always thought that I was a compassionate person. Initially, I was a vegetarian because just my family was vegetarian, and I never really understood why we were vegetarian. Uh, when I was in the U.S. doing my master's degree, my roommate started pointing out, "You say that you are a compassionate person, but then you are wearing leather belt, uh, and then you also go and buy ice creams and cakes that have eggs in them, and you have no problem eating those." And I'm like, "What's the problem with any of those things?" And so he started sharing with me the horrors of the leather industry and the and the egg industry that either i could uh, stay uh, filled with apathy and uh, not do anything about it or i take a stand and i do something about it uh, and i fix this uh, this dilemma that i'm facing that i feel i am a compassionate person but my actions don't match with my thoughts and my words over the period of years finally i decided that i was going to climb everest Uh, there was a lot of pushback of course from the mountaineering community they said no you can't climb as a vegan uh how are you going to stay warm that was the, i think the main concern they were like people eat cheese and people eat all this meat and that's how they stay warm on the mountain and then so much pushback so i said okay i have survived as a vegan until now it's and i know that it's not that you need cheese what you need is healthy fats It's not that you need meat; you need proper protein from your food. Then I climbed some smaller mountains, and believe me, vegan food was never a problem at all. I was actually able to easily survive, actually thrive on vegan food and climb mountains, uh, and in very very reliable fashion. So I said, okay, this is not a problem. Of course, problem turned out to be the gear. 
because uh, majority of the gear on the mountain that was available at that time consisted of either leather consisted of either woolen clothing or consisted of either down feathers so when i submitted everest in 2016 unfortunately uh, i ended up wearing a down feather jacket and a down feather mitten on my hands and as much as i'm attached with this thing called the first vegan in the world to climb everest and i remember people used to tell me hey you're the first vegan in the world to climb everest and and on the, on online and when i went and i gave talks to people uh, but at the back of my mind i knew i was not the first vegan in the world to climb everest because i knew no vegan had climbed mount everest and if you had to climb mount everest as a vegan i think i think i for myself i set set a goal that it has to be 100% dietary vegan and 100% gear vegan After 2016 I worked on building a jacket that was completely animal free and mittens that were completely animal free so mainly free of leather and mainly free of down feathers and uh, luckily I was able to with the help of Save the Duck an Italian company uh, I was able to build one of the first synthetic suits of the world completely animal free Uh, 50% of the suit was constructed from recycled plastic bottles and recycled fishing nets. So once the suit was constructed, it was time to go back to climb Everest, and it was time to finally complete the dream that I had seen uh, in 2010. Uh, and that's what I did. Uh, so last year in 2019, I climbed Everest for the second time. and this time i did it without eating or wearing animals and that is what the qualification that i set for myself conscious travel can be adopted in every aspect of travel whether you're on a beach holiday a culinary trail or for that matter climbing the everest kuntal sheds light on how one can adopt the sustainable route when you're traveling no matter where or when believe me uh, as a climber i know um, it's difficult like sometimes people criticize us that you are climbing everest and destroying the mountain and and i understand but uh, when we are at 26000 feet just saving our lives is the primary uh, goal at that point trying to carry back our trash or trying to think about trash i think is the last thing on uh, someone's mind and this is what has been contributing to the problem of a lot of trash higher up the mountain so one of the things that i am trying to do or a lot of i think climbers lot of conscious climbers are now trying to do is at least we are trying to bring back down all the trash that we are personally generating or that our teams are generating so a lot of teams are now becoming very cognizant of the fact so for example let's say uh higher up the mountain we have carried five tents this is what we did on everest in 2019 last year we had carried five tents uh above camp 1 okay and uh, we had carried about 24 bottles of oxygen between four of us uh that is two climbers and two personal sherpa climbing guides and my thinking was that we are going to bring back down every single tent and we are going to bring back down every single empty oxygen bottle or every single oxygen bottle down what a lot of teams do is they just dump their tents they don't even wrap up their tents they just keep the tents there and they just dump their oxygen bottles there they just don't bring them down and then it just adds to the trash and it becomes this 
it almost feels like a garbage dump sometimes when you go to these places higher up the mountain uh, at the base camp you are almost living for you are almost stationed at the base camp for 45 50 days in a, in a big expedition so we ensured that all of our trash was also be getting segregated so for example uh, tins were on one side recyclable stuff was on one side uh, organic stuff was uh, separated out because there are a lot of ravens and a lot of yaks at the base camp a lot of organic stuff is just fed to them so that it, it's just important to be conscious that every travel that we do is going to damage the environment in some way how can we minimize that and put in some thought about that and it would be good to come back and even talk about that so i think one thing that uh, uh, a lot of conscious trekkers can start doing is this is something uh, picking up uh, from the jogging world what they call plogging when they are running they are just cleaning up the roads and stuff like that so something similar in the trekking world is when you are trekking you are also cleaning the trail so imagine if uh, every trekker starts doing that uh, every trek they do it will inherently start helping keep the trails clean we need a culture shift in the mindset itself and this has to start from right from the age when we are getting into uh, education from first second standard and and even parents teaching their kids not to litter the path to walk towards responsibly summiting peaks has been paved now it's up to us to embark on the journey to travel for tomorrow next week we meet the lady who revolutionized tourism in spiti valley bringing opportunities to one of the remotest parts of our country stay tuned to travel and leisure india for more such inspiring stories every saturday